This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, guys? It's uh, been a little while since we last visited. We hope everyone is doing well in the midst of all the chaos in the world right now. Uh, we just got back from an incredible trip to New Zealand, hosted by our friends Jeff Irvine and Hunter Morrow and a countless other guys. Uh, I've got Cody, Jeff, and Hunter here with me to talk about uh, the trip. So, as they like to say in Kiwi land, we're just going to get into it. So, yeah, you will we got everybody in here ready to roll. Yes. Just get into it. All right. <laughs> so, be- before we dive right into the finer details of this trip, Jeff, on a scale of one to 10, how much did you like the dive bomb guys? Would you say we are cooler than you expected, douchier than you expected, or about what you expected? Nah, both. Yeah, for sure. You were, you guys were cooler than expected. I think you guys are really awesome because you really took on the Kiwi culture and, um, and really sort of moved outside yourselves and just got into it. Hunter, same question. One through 10. What do you think? Oh, sorry. 10. Oh man. 11 out of 10. You guys were awesome. I mean, from my experience with being a guide over in America and everything, I mean, everyone is really different. So, I mean, you don't know what to expect and, um, we really enjoyed you. And like Jeff said, it was, it was cool that you guys could fit into the New Zealand culture pretty quickly and get to know it and enjoy it. It's, we're pretty out the gate. We're, (laughs) we're pretty funny and all over the place. So, I mean, yeah, it was cool. We enjoyed having you guys. You guys were a blast. All right, Cody, same question. One through 10. I know you, you know, we've never met them face to face, had some conversations phone text they were they were all cool jeff was kind of an ass at times a little a little rude so rude so rude don't be rude please (laughs) don't be rude but no it was a blast i'm telling you i I, my expectations uh were just blown away the scenery the the whole setup they arranged with with uh, joe the farming buddy uh up in the hills the accommodations the house i mean we overlooked a uh a lake that was just aqua blue, gorgeous, like something out of the movies. I mean, I didn't even know this was that was a real place. I mean, the whole trip felt like a dream. The hunting when we we got into it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was just like hunting with your guys back home, just with uh, some accents and a little dirtier jokes. But it was it was awesome. The whole thing was great. So it was uh, so it was a ten, no question. Awesome. I'd go, yeah, I, I, I had to come home. I agree. I agree. I, you know, I've had quite a few, uh, you know, text conversations with Jeff and Hunter and um, I felt like I had a decent idea of what to expect, but you guys were definitely even more chill than, than I expected. Y'all were uh, fantastic hosts. You know, some of the funniest guys I've ever been around. Jack is a top notch guy, hell of a fly fishing guide. Uh, Lydia just sweet as she could be, did anything she could to help. Uh Joe, great host. I mean, he let us stay in his house while he spooned with Jeff across he the did. way. <laughs> Anybody to give up their own bed to go spoon with Jeff, it must be a, a, a great guy. Just a ton of fun, great vibes. Pete, Harry, a couple awesome dudes. Uh, can't say enough good things about everybody. So I'm, I'm overall 10s all the way across the board. So well done on the hosting part of it, guys. Um, if anyone ever gets an opportunity to do that, they should take them up on it. I mean, that's literally, hopefully not once in a lifetime for me, but that is like a once in a lifetime experience. It was awesome. It really is. Oh, happily have, place. I have some people over there to come and visit and experience it. I mean, we just like meeting new people and getting out there and doing it. And just, as we said, getting into it. A dive bomb dream trip giveaway. That'd be cool. All right. So let's, um, Let's get back into hunting. So, as we're transitioning here into early spring, uh, New Zealand, being in the southern hemisphere, is transitioning into early fall. So, the hunting style was very similar to what you would expect hunting early honkers here in September. So, warm days, cool nights, uh, is anywhere from high 30s in the mornings to, gosh, high 70s in the afternoons, which I guess would translate somewhere around uh, i don't know four or five degrees celsius to 
mid twenties, 26, 27 Celsius. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, um, Cody, uh, your first experience over there as well as mine, would you say the temperature fluctuated more than expected? Would you say it was about what you expected? Do you expect to, it to be so cool so, in the morning and us to be, uh, standing in chubbies and in, in a, in a river in the afternoon? Well, the, the days were long, but uh, they're funny because we're basically at, everywhere we went, we're at between mountains. So sunrise wasn't exactly sunrise. You didn't ex- you didn't see the sun till eight thirty, and when the sun was behind the mountain, I mean the, the temperature change was just totally drastic. I mean you're talking the second that sun went behind a mountain, it dropped twenty degrees immediately. So you know you had what they dubbed stubbies. They're real short shorts over there. They're like the that brand chubbies we have here. <laughs> Side note, all the farmers over there where we wear blue jeans and coveralls, bibs and such, these kids are running around with wool socks, boots, and shorts that barely cover half their thigh. And they got these <laughs> that are like half button downs with big pop collars. I mean, they look like college bros, you know, out there on dirt bikes with a pack of uh, border collies chasing sheep and, and cows. It was cool. But the temperature change, I mean, we, we wore – we had two outfits in the field. We wore, you know, long underwears, merino wool underwear, and blue jeans or bibs. And then uh, once it got to be about ten o'clock, it was unbearable. We had to change into uh, to jandals, which are flip flops, and stubbies, which are short shorts. So it was cool. I mean, hunting and setting up a, a spread and, and flip flops and and those short shorts was just a blast. So yeah, I'm sure everybody Parker. that's all the yeah. social media, they you know they got a lot of comments on that. They got a, they got a pretty good trip about that. So um, talking about the cool mornings that, that quickly warmed up, I think, I think throughout the week we noticed a trend pretty similar to what we see over here when setting decoy spreads uh, in the early season, the birds are, they're coming out of the molt. They're hanging out in family groups. As the week progressed, we kind of started setting our spreads looser and looser. And that, that seemed to make a difference especially without having really hardly any wind all week. So Hunter, um, do you want to talk about our, our spreads that we ran and, and you know, how the birds responded to them? Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll go from the first day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, first day was probably our windiest morning of the whole trip. And it was actually a spot we were going to leave for a later day, but I'm kind of glad we didn't. We chose to hit that the first morning and, we had, let me think, it was kind of like an east-north-east wind. It wasn't strong. I mean, it was kind of an annoying wind. The way we the way we set our spread anyway was kind of a side shot, kind of a hook spread upwind above us. And then, so we kind of made a big, big feeding group with like a big hook on the top end. Um, like a whole lot of feeders pushed upwind so that when the birds were coming from our side, they were looking at that rather than looking at the blind as, you know, as so much. And then what we did is we took that and we opened up some holes in it and loosened it up a little. We made a whole lot of family groups, um, spread them out, family groups like way past any shooting range. And what that did was just kind of make it look really relaxed and the birds were feeding and then they were spreading out and just kind of spreading all through the grass. So it was kind of a cool looking set. We haven't really done it just like that before. So it was cool to have everyone's kind of input and teamwork in it and you know, as I said, we looked at it, made a big, thick feeding group, then pulled out holes from it, made family groups, spread them out, and the way we said it worked pretty good. The only problem was is that every time we had birds show up or would work us, the wind would die off. It would just, we'd have wind, birds would show up, the wind would disappear. So it kind of made it a little tricky for us and the birds to make it work, but we did pretty well. We finished some birds and we, we shot them pretty good. It was a lot of fun. And then... Yeah. Real quick, Go going ahead. back to the wind, Jeff, uh, like looking in pictures and stuff, it looks like it would be a really windy place. Like I expected it to have a lot of wind. It, was that an anomaly that we came and there was no wind for a week or is that pretty? Yeah, 100%. You've been hunting here your whole life. So tell, tell me about that. Uh, that, particular, that particular area is way windier um, than that week. Another thing too is that the temperature was a lot cooler as well. You know, you usually get into the to the high thirties and um, low thirties, so it was probably in a lot of times it was maybe ten degrees cooler. Um, 
and that wind just kept away for the whole week. So it did make the conditions a lot um, tougher. I think another factor as well, um, you know, the year seemed to be later this time. A lot of the crops were later. There's a lot of things happened later this year. So as far as conditions go, I think it was generally a lot tougher than it probably needed to be. Um, so, yeah, that, that that wasn't really ideal. But, I mean, you guys planned to come out months and months before that particular period, and um, we just had to roll with it. We had a full moon as well. Well, it wasn't a full moon, but close enough to being a full moon. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors that conspired against us, really, but um, we made the most of it. And um, as you said, we spread those decoys out as the week went. Uh, me, personally, I like to see um, silos spread out more anyway. I, I don't like seeing them tight. Um, they sort of give that blob effect. But that's just me. Everyone else has their different theories and different ideas. But, yeah, I like to see them spread a bit more. Especially for our geese as well, spreading them out and making those spread out family groups and stuff looks pretty realistic, doesn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it does. I, I just don't like seeing that big, thick blob. And and you could argue, you could say, well, that's that's from a human's perspective looking straight on. It probably looks different from the air. And, and I take that on board, and that's probably a fair comment too. But, um, yeah, just, just my opinion. And everyone has different ideas and opinions, and uh, that's the way it goes. Um, so you, you already kind of touched on it. So all, although the birds were – quite unpredictable the numbers were a bit low for this time of year we did have some some really really good shoots as you guys saw on social media we we did a lot of a lot of stuff while we were over there um would you guys say you already said that the hunting was pretty tough would you say it was as tough as you've ever experienced would you say it was about the same where would you rate that on a scale, the week that we spent, which is, I guess, traditionally what you could call your your opening week, how would you rate um, the toughness of of the time that we had? Um, you know, it's it's funny. Re- tough's a relative term. You know, what what might yeah. be tough for you guys is much different than what might be tough for somebody in in uh, I don't know Central Flyway or Mississippi Flyway. So um, you know, you guys saw we had a lot of success. So tough is very relative. But um, how would you compare um, the results that we had to to what you expected or in the past? I mean, I me personally, I've been hunting the high country in that area. We were hunting for a, well, I mean, quite a long time now um, before I even knew how to drive drive a vehicle. So tough. For there, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into it. We'd have the weather app, and it'd be showing us wind every day. The wind would never show up. There's a tough part of it right there. I mean, that that kind of that stalls you right there. And then the birds, it was, it's very late. And this is just my opinion, but I think a lot of them haven't shown up out of the catchments and everything. And the ones that are there have seen it all before, and that's what made it tougher again. I mean, the birds, some of them were really cagey. Uh, really blind shy call shy it was kind of a real mix but out of i mean all in all it's probably one of the toughest years i've had up there and the whole time i've hunted geese in that area it was probably one of the toughest weeks of hunting i've seen but i mean we all worked as a team and made it work and that's what it's all about yeah i'm the same too um that that was really really tough um of course just talking to um joe in the last few days, there's a whole heap of birds there now. Of course, there is um, now that we're not there. So, so you know, um, just the bottom of the lake. There, I should say, the top of the lake. There's five or six hundred geese there now. So, um, that's a right pain in the ass. But we we did what we did and worked with what we could. But like, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but um, I'm going to give that about a three out of ten, three or four out of ten, because that was as tough as it. It could get. We had to travel, travel further than we needed to. We needed to be out longer. We we really needed to travel a couple of k down the road and just basically just smash geese and go home and have a sleep for the afternoon, pretty much. But um, you guys put in a lot of hard work. Yeah, put that, in a lot of hard work. Me. We were all on the same page. Yeah, all week. Um, and we 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 did. We had some great hunts, but 
Um, you know, it's it's hard sometimes when you get when you get to hunt a place like that. What becomes great to you is much different, like I said, than somebody else. So it's hard to be like, oh, okay, well, you, you only killed sixty, you only killed eighty. It's like for for a lot of people, that's a shoot of a lifetime. Oh yeah, um, that's a lot. Yeah, you know, so. it's a truly a, a special, special place. You know, I, everybody, if you ever get a chance, um, it's it, it's truly incredible. So, Cody, let me ask you for a minute. And I, and I know Nick or somebody asked you, they're like, is it is it somewhat, I don't want to say like surreal, but the fact that you're hunting over decoys that you made in another country making new friendships with people that that are have been great um customers or great ambassadors for our brand is that that's pretty that's got to be pretty cool right i mean uh, forming new relationships over the world based off of something you put together um so long it's ago it's very it's very very cool jeff and i uh, jeff and my relationship goes back i think 5 or 6 years ago i mean him being from new zealand even I mean, that far away, he was still one of the original guys that had some influence on Instagram for him to find us and reach out and find my cell phone number and call me. Heck, I think it was like 1030 at night, leaving a movie on Thursday night. And I got a call from this random Kiwi saying he wanted decoys and he'd pay whatever to get them shipped over and all that stuff. And I think I cut you a break on shipping. I can't remember. But Yeah, uh, Dad, you're awesome. Have we been going steady for that long? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long time. But, you know, I... From that, that was cool, but I didn't necessarily appreciate it like I do now. And when I say now, I mean having gone and visited with these guys and just seeing the culture as a whole and how into hunting that whole island is. I mean, these guys, when they say they're a hunter, you better believe it. I mean, these guys are no joke. I mean, Hunter and Jeff won and then uh, our Kiwi fly fishing bud and, 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 you know, and so just some of the random things we did and their high alpine stories and all the all the game they have to shoot. But no, going over there and meeting it and seeing how, how into hunting they are has has me motivated. I mean, since I've gotten back and we saw the, the, the mass amounts of paradise ducks over there and seeing that there is really no competition in paradise duck arena, I mean I'm already working on some paradise duck silhouettes. So I've got the four positions almost complete and hopefully we'll have some custom packaging for some Perry's. As they go. So, hey, get your woody back down and, over there, oh, Jeff. Get your woody down. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> pushing it down right now. Have a good old-fashioned New Zealand Perry shoot. So, so I, would I'm you consider? Cool. Would Jeff be considered an OG? He would be. Yeah, he, he's, an, he, he's an OOG. He's Congratulations, an old, Jeff. He's an old old gangster. Right on. Because what? What are you six? Right on, chap. Don't be like that. <laughs> I'm only 51, man. Don't just, just don't give me such I'm, a hard time, you bastards. I'm just an I, I'm an old man getting getting the, the stuff from the you know. I think Cade's a teen, and then the rest of the guys are mid twenties. Asher, I guess, is getting up there with me, but no, nah, you know, yeah. just They did a test on me and uh, pulled me all apart, and uh, they reckon physically I'm a virile 35 year old. Yeah, what about what about mentally? Spring chicken. No, no, mentally, like eighteen. <laughs> Fifteen. This guy, Jeff, is a he's a he's a New Zealand comedian. He's stop, freaking, stop, stop, dude. He's the best. He is funny. He should, he should open another account just for his for his for his comic relief. And looking at his profile on Instagram, you'd think he was just just uptight no offense jeff you think you're more uptight than you actually are but no this guy's just laid back filled with jokes i mean if there wasn't five seconds of silence almost all day and it was probably when jeff was stuffing his face full of salmon salmon and bacon pies <laughs> Don't be silly, please. Uh, so all the guys all the guys um have got some good wit and uh we, we run with a with a bunch of guys that um love to hunt pretty serious and pretty passionate about hunting but love to have some good fun as well so that's that's real awesome that's what it's all about it's having fun i mean we are serious when it comes to the hunting but when we're out there i mean joke around have a laugh that's what being out there is all about and, and just enjoying it all and yeah jeff's pretty funny I, whenever i seriously having fun phone, i'm always laughing so yeah he's the comedian of the show you guys have a top-notch group of guys that you hunt with very very lucky um that's pretty rare, man. We hunt a lot of places, and that's pretty rare. You guys are yeah. uh, good people, good vibes. Um, 
you know, you don't always have to agree on everything, but you, you get along, like you make it work, you know, and that's the that's most fun. important that's thing fun. is you just that's put fun. your ego aside and you make things work. So uh, it's pretty cool. Great. Pretty cool to see that, uh, how you guys do it. So let's get back on, we'll get back on hunting for, for a minute. Um, so we had an afternoon, we laid under the S5F Canada's grass filled 36 inch tall skyscrapers inside the foothills of the mountains and it was awesome was that i know you guys have used socks before but was that your first time hiding under the tall canadas for giant honkers yes. for me it is not for yeah. hunter, hunter what do you guys think it, about uh, it that's uh, awesome that's cool man i mean i mean yeah snow goose guiding in the states i was doing that every single day but not that was for snows of course and i did it for speckle bellies as well but for canadas that that was a first for me and Jeff, so it was very cool, and that's definitely going to be done a lot more. But, man, just the way those things finish when that's right. I mean, and we had no wind, but, I mean, that field, if they come back and they do it right and you got a little bit of wind, even if it's like 8 to 12, can you imagine? I mean, as good as it was that afternoon, goodness gracious. I mean, if we'd have just had the slightest breeze, golly. Yeah. Um, <clears> it was still hole. a great, great shoot. It's a whole different perspective of hunting geese too because you kind of, in a blind, you feel you are really kind of enclosed and you're hidden. But when you're under those, you're hidden and you're blending in. But at the same time, you feel like one with the goose. You're like right there yeah. with them when they're in the spread. It's really different. Definitely. That was fun watching um, Peter, that single that just like coming in hot like (laughs) peter this is yours bro and he uh you know he threw up a threw up a pretty good wolf cookie on the first one but he crunched him on that second one so um i've got an awesome video of that um so that was pretty cool getting the 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 farmer out there and getting him in the field with us and letting him kind of experience it and it looked like just from the look in his eyes it looks like we might have might have started a new addiction Oh, hundred percent. He's always wanting, been wanting to do it. And other guys that have shot that farm would never take him out. He wasn't allowed to go with them. And when he asked me, I said, heck yeah, come with us. It'd be awesome. And that was his first goose hunt in a proper decoy spread. So I think that, I mean, I'm hearing from him every day now. He's just all pumped. That's great. Got the goose report every day. So it's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. <coughs> and he's one of the only 15 in the world that have got the top line hoodie as well so he's pumped yeah oh yeah yeah he got cody's vegas gold diablo blanco hoodie we made 15 of them and cody cool. gave his away and i told him i said man you better hold on to that thing it's only one of 15 and uh, he had a big old smile on his face but he was a we, uh, we super traded, we traded super for a couple Ready for a couple double browns and called it a day huh <laughs> yeah. yeah and a set of stubbies and jandals and you're all good some <laughs> brown beer over there the farmers drink so so i don't i don't want to you know i want to go back and recap every day because we don't we don't have time to do that but but one group that stands out in particular was the first day that seven pack <clears throat> they came down from the heavens we rained every single one of them out hunter do you want to if you if you watched our instagram story you would have seen you would have seen it and and the recap on it but for anybody that didn't get to see that, obviously it's gone. Um, do you want to give them a recap on on that group? Yeah, absolutely. That was, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, that was the standout standout flock of birds for the whole trip. So yeah, first day, and it was kind of getting towards late morning, kind of the end of the hunt. Well, little did we know the hunt was just going to carry on, but we were sitting around, joking around, laughing at Jeff and. I was just glazing around in the distance looking, just keeping an eye out on things, see if anything's flying. And I could see this, this it was just tiny little like dots in the sky way in the distance looking back up towards the lodge where we were staying. I mean, that's a long way away, but in that direction, I could see them flying. And I got Jack's binoculars and looked at them and they, were, they weren't even facing us at all. They were kind of sidling us going on a side heading somewhere else. And they were a long like i'm talking long way up long way away and i just said to everyone let's try it i mean we got nothing to lose we had one flag that was a little taller cody was on that that was a nice tall flag and then we had another just normal hand flag and i said to everyone everyone flag everyone call everyone make noise and 
we got on the goose calls and just absolutely hounded them. I mean, just went went to town on them really and made a lot of noise. Probably half of it didn't even sound like a goose, but we'd kind of call, flag, then I'd get the binos and look at them and they were starting to turn our way like they were actually kind of listening or they saw the flags or something. But I was like, wow, this might just work. And we just keep doing that, make a lot of noise. And then <clears throat> there was just one point where they just switched. They just heard everything, saw everything, and they just switched their path and came straight to us. And I was like, whoa, this could be really cool. And we got them. We, we got them to come right over the spread and they were really tall. I mean, they were way up there, and then they just kind of hit a little bit of wind, and they <clears throat> they got the old whiffle going, and they just started flicking and diving and dropping altitude real quick into the spread, and they set up a shot for us right on top of us, and we didn't let one single goose get away. But it was it was like shooting a group of migrating geese. It was just so much fun, and everyone was just so stoked. It was yeah, it was pretty cool. The footage of it's amazing. Was it was an awesome, awesome group. Not going to forget that for for a while. I'm raining them out with lead shot, you know, while hunting <laughs> yeah. the field. That's that's really fun for those wondering. New Zealand, if you're more than what is it, 200 meters from a water body, you can use lead shot. And that's great, man. What a difference it makes. I mean, no cripples punching giant hawkers out of the sky like freaking yeah. Mike and Tyson. That, how'd you how'd you enjoy? Great. What's that? That footage of that group, you can see that. I mean, it's real cool. The last two geese that get shot, Nick turns around and he's looking straight down the gun barrel of, I think it might have been you, uh, Asher, and it like looks straight down the gun barrel and you absolutely just wreck the last two birds. It's pretty cool. Oh, man, it's yeah, yeah. incredible. How, how did you like shooting the lad, Cody? You feel like it it made quite a quite a difference? Yeah, they they dropped dead. Man, That those shells kicked. I'm telling you, I felt like a like a weakling, but man, they really, they, they bucked those shells did, but yeah, lead was, lead was awesome. Uh, and then we have no plug too. So we shot what five, my guy, I think will help five shells. So that was also different. Yeah. And, five shells. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I saw like two, two styles of bird pattern over there. I saw what looked like a migrating group, but I guess there really isn't a migration over there, but you know, tall birds traveling long distances and then birds literally scraping the ground that kind of knew where they were going. So half the time we were calling it birds below us. Cause we were, you know, halfway or up on a paddock as they call a field on a paddock on the side of the hill. Some of the, some of the geese would fly down along the rivers uh, below us, which was crazy. I'd pull them up, up the hill. And then we'd have some way above us like mountaintop high. So it was just two crazy styles of birds. Yeah. Up, yeah. You know? It was real cool. There was actually one particular bird asher on the first day there was one single flying really high above us, and I said to you, "Yeah, it's yours. I forgot about it's that. yours. Take it." <laughs> and you go, "Really?" And you pulled pulled the trigger and just absolutely smashed it. And it was probably mm, tall. I, I would know, never I, thought I, about that. It, it was it was real tall. <laughs> oh yeah, just, just killed it, killed it stone dead. So um, uh, that that was pretty cool and. And I looked at you and you almost had this funny shock on your face. Like <laughs> I just did that. So that, that was pretty, that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. One thing, um, you know, one thing a lot of people, they don't realize about New Zealand is that you're hunting a place where the animals have no natural predators. So they can feed anytime they want without worry. And that's a big game changer compared to what we're used to. Jeff, do you think, the bird's ability to feed whenever they want makes them less predictable there? Yeah, I think so. Um, another thing, too, is you can see them in some really weird places as well. You can see them um, close to hedges or on low parts of fields and in some unusual places that they can't really see. If they had predators, they definitely wouldn't do that because – they wouldn't be close to hedgerows or low points or where they couldn't see because a coyote or something could nab them. So you do see them in some weird spots. Um, it does make them sometimes easier to hunt as well um, because they yeah, just come into a yeah. – yeah, they can do. So it can work both ways, just not harder. They can be easier as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's just a shame that we – week didn't really come off a bit more for us i mean like like you said um 
we worked as hard as we could. A couple of nights, Hunter and I were up till two o'clock in the morning, and I know one night Hunter went out at two o'clock and stayed till six or five till we arrived. So yeah, we tried as hard as we could, but um, yeah, she she wasn't. Well, um, Matt, well we also we, we had a we had a full moon as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. was do you think Hunter that that played a role on the inconsistency of our bird? Oh yeah. Yeah, the full moon, <clears throat> the full moon changes everything all together. I mean, I've, I use that little strategy of mine, um, which worked really well on the first day. I left the first morning. I left because I knew <clears throat> when I woke up, the birds were going to be in that field overnight. Because, well, I knew when I went to bed because the moon was coming up, and the our moon at home is. I mean, it's <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. It's the it's the same moon, but it's really bright in those mountains, and with all the water around, it reflects light a lot more. So, I knew when I went to bed that those birds were going to go in there in the middle of the night because they can see everything. Yeah. So, I've got a little and strategy. That moon was late. Yeah, it was late. So, but I've got a little strategy I use for when we do hunt the full moon, and we've just got to try everything. Get, I got up. A lot, I let everyone know we were doing this. So I got up a lot earlier went to bed earlier and got up a lot earlier that morning and went out there and drove out to where the birds were sitting and just quietly pushed them off and sent them home <coughs> a little bit hungry still. So that means that they were going to start coming back in in the morning. They weren't going to leave in the morning and not come back because they were full. I mean, they'd eaten all night. So that's the little strategy we use when we're hunting the full moon. Go out there really early or send one person out and just keep the birds off of there in that really early hours of the morning. I'm talking like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then once everyone comes out, work as a team, get into it, put the decoys out, and you just hope for the best. I've tried it a couple of times. It worked once. and didn't work the other time. But, yeah, the full moon plays a big part in it, that's for sure. And that's not true, him going to bed early either, is it, Cody? You no, stayed up on the piss a few times, didn't you? <laughs> I don't think I got more than four hours of sleep one whole night there. And you know what? If, if I could do it over, I wouldn't change a thing. I'd probably stay up a little later. Good man. Just go hard all night, eh? All night. All <laughs> night. Watching William Powerfish. Check him out, by the way. <laughs> so so stepping, up, stepping away from hunting for a moment, these, these guys got Cody all in the culture they got him a new pair of stubbies which is like they said the really short shorts you saw on my instagram we've got a picture on there uh, a pair of jandals which are known to us as flip-flops i thought for a while there that we might be coming home without cody he was he was really feeling the the yeah. culture and becoming one with new zealand cody what was your absolute favorite part about the trip Oh man, uh, my the spot. my day my day running around with uh, when you and Nick went fishing and we went to the pub and we had a, a lion brown big bottles red lion red lion or lion, lion, red? Reed. lion, lion red. red what's the bottle of beer called what do you call it big bottles big no bottles. you got you got a name for it lion red okay well anyway we went to the pub we had some some bomb ass wedges. They looked like shit, but they were delicious. <laughs> Double fried potato wedges with just bacon grease and gross looking cheese on it, but they were awesome. So hot, it would just melt your tongue off. And um, from there, we went to uh, meet Pete, a uh, cool, you know, cool farmer. I roll up yeah, these yeah. in his stubbies and stuff. Same old Pete. Yeah, he had a um, he had a case of beer. I'm like, give me one, bud. And then we jumped in the Ranger and. Uh, if they have an electric fence, they have fences everywhere you go. I mean, you can't drive into we we every time we go hunt, we'd have to open and close approximately twelve gates a hunt. It was just crazy. So it's just it's like the gate gang, honestly. Um, I would lose count of how many cars came through. I'd shut it and we'd drive on, and I'd lock people out. I was bad at it, but uh, they have gates over there that they can run over with the ranger. So they have a Polaris ranger, and on the front of it, they have a big. It looks like hula hoop. And they can literally drive over this spring springy wire like it didn't even exist. So after the hunt was over, Pete and I jumped in the, the ranger and we just tore ass. And we must have what felt like we were tearing through fences. We just ran over like 40 fences in a row. Didn't hop a gate, didn't <laughs> open, pivot a thing. And uh, 
And yeah, drank drank some some uh, cold double browns. It felt like I was in New Zealand. It was authentic, you know. Chased <laughs> sheep around, got to see the dog pens, and yeah, that was probably my favorite day. Uh, but the first day going there and and actually going there and actually seeing where we were staying was just surreal. I mean, just like, is this really? It? I thought we'd be in like some old, you know, rainy, drizzly town that looked like something out of like a British horror film. But no, we were in, we were in paradise. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Aside from the hunting and the views, which was, you know, the scenery is awesome. The sight fishing for giant browns and rainbows. That was a, that was a thrill. That was a nice little bonus. Um, appreciate Jeff getting that set up for us. Jack, he, he did an awesome job showing us the way. I can't thank him enough. I caught my first fish on a fly rod and now I'm hooked. I was out in my front yard messing around. My wife's videoing me and shit and, putting it on instagram and uh, cody can you can you run us through the, the big brown trout that nick hooked up along with jack's cool. reaction in the performance rating after the battle was over <laughs> so nick is uh, our um our self you know i don't know what you call him he's supposed to be our fishing hero being from montana going out fishing all the time it's, he talks about it all the time so you'd think this guy could handle this Six pounds brown trout, but handle <laughs> rock. Well, you know, he Asher and I caught these rainbows right off the bat. I mean, granted, the stream was a little more open than the stream Nick was fishing, but every time we turned around, he was in the trees, you know, snapping lines off, and not for Jack, but Jack's just patient as all get out. I mean, he must have tied read on leaders. I don't know, twenty some odd times uh, doing these roll casts and. Yeah, bow and arrow shots in these tight nook and, nooks and crannies. I mean, these streams are so small, you wouldn't think they'd even have like a bluegill or a minnow in it, but they hold these, you know, these giant browns. I mean, I think some of them we saw probably up to 10 pounds. Well, you basically stalk them, hunt. It's like hunting, but for fish, and, and you sneak up behind them downstream of them and you present a fly basically as close or in front of them. And, and so it just floats right down. If you spook the fish, it's all over. You might as well just consider, you know, packing up and walk another quarter mile till you find one. Well, well, we finally found one that would take a fly. And uh, and Nick set the hook on it, and it, he didn't didn't get the hook set. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the fly was just oriented oddly in this trout's mouth. Well, he threw it back at it, and I thought there was no way. Well, the fish hit it again, and there it is. He set the hook on it, and this thing's just screaming up and down the river, splashing. We're hooting and hollering, and Nick's just gone white. I mean – He's got no reaction. He's got gobs of line wrapped around his legs. I mean, must have been like 20 yards of line. And it's picking up sticks and trash. And I'm telling him, keep the tip up. Jack Get it off your boot. Jack's like, bloody Nick, down. let him take the line. Let him take the line. <laughs> and the thing is, is that you're not supposed to, you can't strip these fish in. You have to get the reel on the line and let the reel do the work with the drag. So, the, you know, the fish can run, but when he runs, he's he's got, he has some tension on it, tension enough to it'll wear him out to where it also won't break the line. Well, he failed to get the line on the reel. And, you know, I think he thought the fish was tired and Asher, Asher snuck in for you know a little underwater filming action. And this fish just came right back, back to life and just pow, just broke him right off. And, you know, it was just, everyone was just, I, I can't say I was surprised, but you know, Nick was just so broken hearted. Well, the, the, the guy that took us, Jack, he was, you know, he was pretty blunt after this. I mean, he never raised his voice. He never got much of a reaction out of him. But, boy, when, when Nick dropped dropped the ball on this fish, he really let him have it. It was pretty – it was really entertaining. I mean, he goes, Nick, Nick, I've got to tell you, if I were to rate your performance, mate, I would give you out of 10 a 3. He goes, the only thing you did right there was set the hook on the fish. After that, you just effed it all up, you know. <laughs> Like we gotta have to do better than that if you're gonna catch a fish with me. You know, you can't play fish like that and finally you just wore Nick out and Nick just, you know, hung his head and walked up the stream and kept going. But it was a riot. I mean, it would have been really cool if he landed it. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, it was so it was classic. I know I know Nick was was sick about losing that fish. It, it would have definitely been a new PR for him, but it was an awesome experience. I'm I'm confident he'll he'll have another shot at a fish like that one day. But um, he fished hard. Him and him and Jack fished hard. We picked him up. They walked all the way to the bridge. We picked him up in the truck way down there. So um, it, he got we, stage fright. Yeah, he did. He got performance fright. So we we learned a lot of new slang from 
Jeff and Hunter and the boys last week. Most of it I likely won't remember. But, Cody, what was your favorite slang to bring back home with you here to the United States? Um, I've got a whole pile of, of slang in my head here. I've got uh, – when it's raining, they, they say it's spit in. Uh, flip-flops, they call jandals. Candy of any sort, they call a lolly. Uh, they use the C word a ton, like uh, the four-letter C word. Fuck, confectionery. And, and good – what's that? Can, can the C word, confectionery. No, 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 no. The one that starts with a C and ends with a UNT. You know? <laughs> they, they use that like it's going out of style. I mean, they use that like the word awesome. So they call me a loose one. If you do something great, they call you a good one. If you if you F up, they call you a bad one. And it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, they say when things are, you know, unsteady or, or they don't like a guy or someone's not acting right, they call them sketchy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> They call beer piss. When you get tipsy, they call you piss piss up, or uh, you're on the piss. And then uh, they also have a term called piece of piss, which I have no idea what it means. That means uh, easy. It's easy a piece of pie. pie. As easy as pie, easy, yeah. Piece of piss. They say fuck all all the time. <laughs> it's a fuck all. That's a fuck all. I didn't know what the F they were talking about, but everything was a fuck all. Uh, <laughs> cheers, obviously. Uh, when they say lots, they say heaps. Heaps of heaps of heaps, like they repeat heaps, like it's like hippity hop, heaps, heaps. And then uh, they call a field a paddock. Uh, when they, instead of saying ride on or heck yeah, they say right oh, right oh. And then calling their friends, I see you guys laughing. They call their friends chaps. So every morning, Jeff would come in and wake us up and he'd say, right oh, chaps. On with the morning, right oh, right oh. Morning, chaps. Morning, chaps. Righto. Uh, and they say, loving it. Uh, get into it. And uh, when they think someone's an idiot, they call them a twit. And that's that's all I got. It's, it's a lot. I think mine I think mine was, was referring to somebody being on the piss whenever they're drinking. Like, just the idea of somebody getting all pissed up and getting angry or super emotional was a, was a really funny saying to me. That was my favorite. Just thinking of a dude getting all teary eyed, sharing his stories, all pissed up. Uh, on the post. I, I would say Nick's was definitely heaps. I don't, my God, I don't know how many times I heard him say heaps, but it was a lot. Uh, heaps. Nick's was heaps and just getting into it. Yeah. Just getting into it. What's your favorite, Jeff? My favorite slang. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just too much. It's, it's all great. Not, yeah, yeah, it's all good. I know what Jeff's would be. It would be you love what? it, eh? Or you guys are just loving it. <laughs> you guys are just... You know, another, another cool thing about these guys I didn't know is they're... Not that you guys are famous or to pump your egos up, but these guys are kind of... They're well-known on this island. I mean, I think they, they, are the, they are the waterfowl authority on the island, which is really cool. So... I didn't really realize it or appreciate it, as I mentioned earlier, until I got there and realized, you know, these guys are not stars, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, they're they're the well-respected you know, authority in waterfowl, so I didn't really realize what we were walking into. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good arrow in the quiver, you know, if we ever need them. I want them to come and run with us in the States when we do our, you know, little dive bomb, you know, private trips with everyone that does our media and stuff. I want them to come and run with us like they're part of our group and, and they'll contribute, if not physically, but uh, Jeff with his jokes and Hunter is a fantastic caller. I mean, this guy, how how these callers, uh, Holly and Hunter, come out of New Zealand and just it's incredible. Blow, us, blow us away on these calls is, is insane. Jeff's not bad for his age, so, you know. For an old fella. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm not mad, Jeff. I can see your face in that. In the, in the podcast, <laughs> there's the middle finger, <laughs> double. Yeah, with with all the you know with all the coronavirus talk, we're we're all in town. We're having a pulled pork sword sandwich, as Jeff likes to call them, and and decided to make an Instagram poll to see if we would make it back home to the United States. And I believe the final results was like ninety two percent saying we weren't going to make it back home. Um, I'll be honest, we felt. We felt confident we were going to make it back, but there was definitely some uncertainty going around. Um, but I will say there are certainly worse places to be stuck than on an island with honkers 
giant trout and and a multitude of big game species at your, you know yeah, at, yeah. at your disposal. Right. I've just closed the border here um, yesterday, so there's no no tourists to come in. So that that happened yesterday. Midnight last midnight, night, yeah. Midnight last then night. There's, yeah. there's then no flights to and from, right? That's right. Yeah, there's you can't come here now. Can you leave? But if it, no. Wow, you're on lockdown. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much on lockdown. I think yeah, there's a few uh, exceptions, but pretty much no. Wow. It's all on lockdown. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that was close. So, do you guys do you um, do you want to touch on on high country outfitters for a moment? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Joe's Joe's starting up the high country outfitters. Um, he's got an awesome location there. Um, he's got great facilities. And uh, he'll be starting that pretty, pretty soon. Obviously, the COVID-19 is going to balls that up for quite a few months to come. And we'll we'll see what comes out of that. But, um, yeah, go on the website, check it out. He's on um, Instagram. There's a website coming out soon. So it's uh, High Country Outfitters, New Zealand. The cool, thing, the cool thing about what Joe's got going on up there is not only it's a cool little lodge that you stay in and the views and the scenery are second to none, but as well as staying there and going away and doing the hunting, you kind of get the farm experience as well. I mean, like you guys saw when you were leaving on the last day, Harry was working his dogs and bringing a whole lot of cattle down the road like it's and it's right there in front of the house. So you, as well as just staying there and having the scenery, you kind of get the New Zealand high country station kind of farm experience as well. It's New cool. Zealand cowboy. Yeah. You can definitely vouch for the views um, being absolutely extraordinary um, work ethic off the charts, uh, personality, the way they treat you off the charts. So um, definitely in, in a plus and all those categories. And I know Cody would agree as well. The, lo- the Lodge uh, is fantastic. I mean, it's uh, simple and perfect. Uh, the view off of the deck with the grill is just unbelievable. Overlooks uh, the big mountain range and awesome lake. I mean, they had a cattle drive right in front of our, you know, right in front of the house where they had all the, the collies or dogs nipping at the cow's heels. I mean, they got a, they've got a safari truck you can go out at night and drive around or during the day. World-class fishing is, is, you know, 100 feet from the door. When I say world-class, I truly mean it. And just the, it's a, it's more than hunting. It's really it's, it's an experience of a place you don't really know anything about. I mean, I know they speak English and, and whatnot, but, I mean, there are so many subtle things you'd never expect that are totally different. And then, you know, there's people, there's the farmers and local people, they're just popping through. They come by and have a beer with you and talk about, you know, how things are different or, you know, what your take is on it. And then they're just all open and, and very generous. And, you know, the local fair, the local beer, it's all, it's all fun. The whole experience is great. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone. It's, it's one of the coolest hunting experience or the coolest. It's honestly the coolest trip I've ever had in my life. And I've been a few places. Yeah. Cody's, he's done a lot of traveling. So that's, that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Guys, we had, we had so much fun. Um, can't thank you enough for the hospitality and just showing us a, a very, very special part uh, of the world. Absolutely cannot wait for you to guys to come visit and hunt with us in the States this season. It's yeah, it's going to be a blast, man. We've been rolling. Uh, we're, at, we're at 49 minutes now, so we're going to we're gonna shut her down. Cody, do you have um, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I think we're going to come out with like a Kiwi line, like I mentioned, if there's Kiwi listeners. So some Perry's probably could try to get some honker silhouettes over, uh, uh, and your, uh, your world down south of the, the, the equator. So some Perry's could try to get some honkers down there. And then I think we're going to do a stubby run, which are the shorts, maybe some nice. sandals with the logo on the, nice. on the now joint. Yeah. Now we're talking. So, and then hopefully, you know, high country takes off and we get them, uh, set up with a big spread. So you'd be down there in high country running the S5s and the silhouettes and the pickup and takedowns easy as pie. And, and uh, the picture beautifully in the backdrop and it'll be like a dive bomb, you know, sponsored place. That's, I, I just, 
I love, I love New Zealand and experience. I just want to try to, you know, I'm not really into making that much money or making money off of New Zealand. I just want to try to put the product there and let the people have it's fun. It's a with special it. place. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. One thing I'd like to say too, um, to both you guys and Nick, you, you were so cool. You, you really, um, got on board down here and, and also, too, Dive Bomb has been a huge supporter of Hunter and I and other people here, and, and we really appreciate that. Um, yeah, we're a little fun. little island just on the – we're kind of like the pimple on the on a giant's ass with this little wee <laughs> island that's um, stuck away in nowhere, and um, we, we really appreciate your support. Um, you've, you guys have been great. Love it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and same for me as well. I mean, we can't thank you guys enough for the support and showing the interest in us down here in little old New Zealand. I mean, we just so appreciative of it, and we can't thank you guys enough for making the effort to come out and hang out and meet us and do it all. I mean, can't wait to carry on the relationship from this, I mean, in the future. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys – get it's a little island but it gets a lot of attention because it's so unique man it's it's so insanely unique so um you know when you guys post there's a lot of people watching what you're doing we got i can't tell you how many people were like oh man thank you so much for documenting everything that was just so cool to watch that and follow that on your instagram story so um you guys keep up the good work down there um you know if anybody you know, has been living under a rock for whatever reason. Uh, you can find these guys on on social media. I think Jeff is Jeff uh, G E O F F dot Irvine dot N Z. Uh, Hunter is Hunter underscore Morrow underscore N Z. And then uh, if you want to find High Country Outfitters, you can find them at High Country Outfitters underscore N Z. Uh, as always, um, make sure you are following us on um, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, don't forget about our uh, private, our closed Facebook group, um, Dive Ball Ministries Forum and Fan Page. We have a lot of cool stuff that we do in there that's exclusive to the people in that group. So make sure you get in there. Don't miss out on that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got Nick working on a video right now that's uh, going to document our trip over in New Zealand. It's going to be really cool. There's some awesome drone footage on there. So make sure you get over there, subscribe to that. And, uh, and don't miss out. Stay tuned. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long summer, you know, with just getting into the off season, the coronavirus, everybody hang tight, stay safe, take care of each other. And uh, we'll be back to <clears throat> killing birds over here before we know it. These guys are going to be grinding on them throughout the year. So they're a great follow to uh, stay in tune uh, while we're kind of going into our off season. So check these guys out. They're a lot of fun reach out to them they're great people so um all right well thank you again everybody out there stay safe we look forward to catching up with you again soon y'all be good thank you for listening to the dive bomb squadcast